Are you ready to learn more about promoting play, defending childhood, empowering caregivers? Save 10% on professional development at explorationsearlylearning.com and support the show with the coupon code OOL. Click the link in the show notes to browse upcoming trainings. Hello, welcome to Out of Line. Hi, Candice. Hi, Annie. How are you? Good. So tonight we thought we would talk a little bit about the idea of the potential of our children. Um, I think so often we can get wrapped up in what we see as potential, potential futures, potential job opportunities, um, things like that. So we're referring to an article from Psychology Today called Relieving Your Child of Their Potential. We'll put that in our show notes. Um, A quote from the article, it's very easy for potential to slip from possibility to expectation. That's what we're focusing on today is the way that we expect our children to live up to their potential or even their potential interests. Yeah, definitely. Um, And that is just a lot of weight to carry as a child. I think um, it happens in every world of education, right? Whether you're a school family, a schoolish family, homeschooling, unschooling, um, we can turn something that looks like it ignites a fire within our child into this like heavy set of expectations for them really quickly without even realizing it. Sometimes I, I know, um, myself, like my young, my oldest, when he was, um, just a few months old, I had a maternity leave. I was working, a working mom and I had a short amount of time off with him. So we did an infant, music class. And I remember then being like, oh, he's so musical. I should make sure he's always in music. (laughs) He's a two month old. He does not need to be like training for symphony, future symphony orchestras that he can be part of. Um, But it's just really easy to think of our kids as the potential that they hold and not just who they are in their current moment. Um, And we get wrapped up in that really, really easily. Yeah, I mean, even seeing like, my son's really interested. He loves his trampoline. I'm like, oh, he loves the trampoline. Maybe I should like get him into trampoline classes. (laughs) (laughs) And for the the audience, your son is four. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so it's, it's hard to just kind of sit back and notice when an interest comes up and just allow it to be that just to be something your child likes and interest and it doesn't have to have any expectations or pressure attached yeah and I don't know like when we shifted into that because I I feel like growing up as a kid and, and maybe this was just my family but I'm one of five kids uh, my parents you know were busy people I kind of felt like there was no emphasis on like potential or what I was going to be when I grew up or, you know, it was just kind of like get, get through it. Uh, but it feels like maybe there's a new emphasis on information. And I, I think in general, these days we over prepare and overthink 
you know, parent being a parent has shifted from a noun to a verb, right? Parenting. We feel like we're constantly molding our children into what comes next instead of just appreciating the now. Um, I, we are recording on the day that I spend my day with a group that we call the flying squad. Flying squad is a network of, uh, programs, uh, around the world actually, um, that are, are more for kind of that preteen adolescent age group they all vary in, in specifics on the age group that they serve. But, um, the idea is that you get kids out into the real world and let them be part of their community, their city, their environment around them. Um, it's fun. It's weird. I with a group of 11 to 14 year olds, um, which is a different age group for me. I'm used to being with, uh, young children. I'm an early childhood person. So it's been interesting to shift back to them. And, um, I don't know what expectations I had going in. We meet once a week, but I know at first I kind of felt like, are we doing enough? Are we doing enough? Maybe we should be touring colleges and, you know, meeting local politicians and hearing about potential jobs. And we really just hang out. Uh, most weeks we meet at the public library and uh, figure out what we're doing for the day from there. Um, but for whatever reason today with that group, it kind of clicked in a new way for me, my role with them. And, and this probably carries over to my role as a mother and my role in the rest of the education, uh, you know, we're, we're serving through our agile learning center is um, my role is to simply bear witness to their existence without expectations. And um, when I think about it that way, it, it's really powerful and it's really um, incredible to think that I might be the only person in their life who's doing that for them, who has zero expectation um, or zero, um, you know, I'm not putting any pressure on them to be one way or another because I don't care. I'm not their parent. I, I care. I want them to be happy and healthy. Um, but it doesn't matter to me if they become a veterinarian or a vet tech or a person that hangs out in their parents' basement for the rest of their lives. <laughs> um, it, it's just really interesting to think about it that way. Like I'm really just there to bear witness to them as people, as humans, they happen to be younger than me, but they are no less than. Um, and it's really interesting to think if we apply that to all the kids in our lives, all the children out there, um, the students in our lives, what happens when we take away the expectation? I think there's so much fear around just allowing and, and leaving that expectation. I think there's fear that we're not supporting enough or we're not good enough as parents that you know, our child will regret it later, be upset with us later when they grow up. Why didn't you sign me up for those piano lessons when I was five? Why didn't you find that trampoline group that was going to challenge my <laughs> skills? No, totally. There is such a pressure on parents. I think it's just the pressure of society in general, right? Like there's a pressure on parents to prove that their kids are worth something in society. And, and I don't know, I wonder if part of that's tied to the school system. I mean, it must be right. That's 
what we're here mostly talking about uh, some of the dangers of the school system, right? And the fact that we now link teacher performance to the performance of their students through test scores and grades and such. Um, you know, there, there are adults who are literally, their jobs are hinged on the outcomes of their students. Um, and so we carry that through then, I think, um, as educators, I know myself as a, as a parent and an educator, I, I carry through, even though that hasn't been much of my experience as an educator, I know that that exists. And I think, oh, these, these kids of mine or the students that I work with are a reflection of me as an adult and how successful I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even in the center, when we, I mean, we have such busy days, but when the kids are, when there's downtime or the kids aren't as engaged, it's like, I just want to jump on it and be like, Hey, Hey, let's do this. Let's do this. Because I feel like I'm not being good at my job and I'm not working hard enough if I'm not fulfilling some sort of potential that they have. Mm-hmm. Or if you miss, like, if you miss an interest, like, you know, if, if you, if a kid is really interested in something and you miss it and you miss that opportunity, like, I mean, that's just crazy that we think like that, but we we've come to kind of collectively think like that as a society more than I believe we've realized. And there's so much like marketing around it too you know, all of the classes to sign up for and summer camps and everything just to fill a child's schedule. And it's like, it's questioning, like, who's, who's profiting off of my fear that I'm not a good parent? (laughs) Totally. There's so much fear-based marketing in the parenting and education world these days. Um, and, and that's like the first question we, we learn to ask kids, right. When you don't know, especially when you don't know a child, well, you're like, Oh, Hey, nice to meet you, tiger. What do you want to be when you grow up? (laughs) It's like the universal first question you ask a kid. Um, and I love when they give an answer, like a pizza man, (laughs) that is good enough. Um, yeah. And I think we unknowingly start to put emphasis on the outcomes when we start focusing on expectations. Um, And I think uh, that happens in so many little ways. And then we don't realize the damage it's doing to the other parts of them. Right. So we're, we're putting a value on their academic success or their ability to perform if they're an athlete or a singer or, you know, into theater And then that's, they see that, right? Like kids read us so intently as they grow and they see that we're, they're pleasing us in that way. And so then they focus in on that and re I don't know, I want my children and the children I work with to be well-rounded and happy and not overemphasize one piece of them because they think that's pleasing me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they will either start to really connect to that point, like, oh, I want to do this because this person wants me to, or they start to, like, pull away. So I noticed some of the kids in the center, when you approach them with something like, hey, I 
feel like you would be really interested in this. I noticed you're really interested in dogs. Do you want to do this? And they're like, all of a sudden, like, nope, I have no interest in dogs anymore. No, (laughs) back off. This is just something I'm doing for fun. (laughs) Yeah. So I think you can kind of tell like certain kids might have already experienced and I can see that with some of the older kids like they've experienced that pressure already and they're like oh I know what's coming I know this is (laughs) I know what's coming with this and I'm not going to be part of it yes that's so one of the um highlights from the article you reference on psychology today um which it's not a new one it's this is an article from 2011 by Eileen Kennedy Moore PhD Um, but one of the excerpts from the article that really stood out to me was a narrow view of potential suggests that there is some lofty gold ring of success. Our children will either jump high enough to reach or else fall short. Mm -hmm. It just really stood out to me as like, there's no one gold ring. Like there's no one ultimate goal. Um, and I think we're seeing that more and more as people are questioning all of the systems in our society and whether they work for them. Like we, you don't have to have one career, but more and more, I think people are working in multiple jobs and industries that fulfill them that maybe are totally unrelated and just making it work because that's making them happy. Yeah. Yeah. So as parents, like what can we do instead? I was thinking about noticing like when my excitement for my son being like interested in something, sometimes that excitement turns to some anxiety and it's like, Oh, I really have to do this or support him with this. And I think just like, it's so important to notice that and and then back off. <laughs> yeah. The backing off is where the challenge is. Um, and I guess for me, the fact that I've been in early childhood education more in my career, I haven't had as much thought around this because it's easier when they're young to accept them as they are and for what they are. And for some reason, as they grow in my head, I've separated myself from the outcomes of test scores and grades. Um, but it creeps in, right? Like even my seven-year-old, my seven and five-year-old were asking recently about college and who goes to college and how you get into college. And, um, so my kids don't know yet that they have report cards or that they get grades. We don't talk about it. My children both attend public school. Um, and I just kind of am hoping that they never know about grades as long as we can hold off on that. Um, and part of, you know, part of it is cause you know, whatever, why would you ever share grades with a kindergartner and like have expectations of them to perform better or do better when they're five or six and they're just being kids. Um, and then first grade, my oldest was in first grade when, uh, the first full year that we were in a full pandemic school year and, uh, he was doing virtual learning in the entire year, the entire school was for the first half. And then he stayed virtual when some went back hybrid. And so he changed teachers 
midway through the year and his grades went from failing grades and they were failing at things like ability to retell a story where like the kid had just told me like every single plot detail of every single Star Wars movie ever built um, on the way to school that morning. And then, you know, but like he was failing according to his first grade teacher. And then he had a teacher switch mid-year and his grades went up by points, you know, like he went from twos to fours or whatever their grading system is. I don't even look at it anymore myself. Um, and I just like realized in that moment, I had already realized grades were ridiculous, especially at that age, but that they were just super arbitrary and and really based on nothing, especially when you're learning online and, and you really can't get to know kids that well as you, as you can in person, um, at least the way that they were formatted then. But anyway, so we were talking about college and how you get in and like all of a sudden I started talking, we talked about the price of college. And like, That's so expensive. And I'm like, well, unless you get a scholarship, you know, if you get really good grades and, and they're like, well, yeah, if you go to a school that has grades <laughs> and I was like, oh, right. <laughs> like my husband's like elbowing me. Like he's like, right. We don't have grades in our school. And I'm like, oh, like now I'm like lying to them. <laughs> but we haven't talked about it. And I don't want them to have that pressure and expectation on themselves to improve in order to get into college or whatever, whatever the step is that they think they need to improve for. Um, So I totally had to catch myself because that's just one of those things. Like we're so programmed, you know, here we are pretty much on every episode of this podcast talking about our own de-schooling process, deprogramming from the schoolish ways and mindsets that are just so deeply ingrained in us. And that was one of those things like I never talked to them about grades. And here I am like, well, you have to get good grades if you want to go to college. (laughs) I'm talking to a (laughs) seven-year-old. A seven-year-old who also just spent the afternoon, got home from school and instead of doing homework, created his own flyer to advertise to neighbors that he's now going to be offering snow shoveling service. And uh, even with that, like, so he printed 50 copies of a flyer that he created. Um, He's going to charge $5 per the sidewalk in front of their house and their front walkway. He's not doing driveways. He's not doing back walkways. And immediately I'm like, oh God, how much shoveling am I going to end up having to do <laughs> because he's not following through. But again, no, that's his, his deal. His business can be a failure at seven. It's okay. But there it is again, where you're like, oh, he, he could be an entrepreneur. He's going to start a business. I got to get him a website. <laughs> <laughs> it was hard not to even over edit it. I, I did change the word. It said, I will shove shove your sidewalk. I was like, I'll change that. I'll help him realize that little typo. But yeah, it was really hard not to over edit it and be like, Oh, put this graphic in or say this about yourself to show how responsible you are. It was just like, "Mm -hmm, okay, go for it. (laughs) We'll see how it goes. We've definitely had enough snow that he could make some money. That's great. But yeah, I do think, especially in an unschooling world, I think there's um, added pressure in some ways to, because you're not engaged in the formal school subjects and academics that you know they're going to get through school. I think there's a little bit of added pressure of, um, you know, I think we'll talk about this a lot too, that the main question we get is how will they ever learn math? And so 
I think parents and caregivers and families do worry a little bit more about, will they ever be able to fulfill their potential if we unschool? Mm-hmm. And so then any little hint of interest in something becomes this like, oh, he's definitely going to be a famous guitar player one day and be in a band. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think there is that extra pressure because there's like time to pursue it. I think if you don't do your work around what we've been talking about this whole podcast, it can be really hard to unschool your child and not like pressure them into doing more and more have that like really narrow focus even on something because I think it is also like it can pull you in too when you read about unschooling and all these people are like yeah I created you know I'm a youtuber and I unschooled and I am a finance person and I unschooled and I started my finance company at 13 and like (laughs) so I mean, it's like the academic pressure you were talking about with grades can also transfer to unschooling in almost a similar way, but just with topics of interest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and and actually, I think in the article they mentioned about um, that those children who do perform well in school are often often have more of the mental, uh, I don't know, degradation, the, the anxiety that comes along with performing as a student, performing in, as a high achieving student, more people are looking for that, like how to fulfill your potential. And there's more conversation around it and more attention to it. Um, and, and that they're the kids who are already like working so hard often and, and really doing what they need to do. I, I hope sometimes because they want to, not just because they feel like they have to, but um, I think those are the kids often who are kind of overanalyzed and constantly pushed towards what they could or should achieve, um, which is just interesting to think about. Like they're already achieving so much. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure to not fail. You know, like I've been getting straight A's my whole life. Like I can't ever get a B. (laughs) Oh gosh. I felt so bad for those kids growing up. I I mean, I was uh, not a terrible student grades wise, but I was not the best. And um, it, yeah, for me, it was like relief. Those first few B's and C's that came because it was like, Oof, I, I can't, I can't hold up to this all A's forever. <laughs> it's finally happened. <laughs> yeah, finally. I'm sure it was like third grade. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but it is. And, and then I think it also just um, leads to a healthier sense of success and um, life in the world. And I think also for families, it's so much more peaceful when you're not constantly thinking about what comes next and what, how to set the bar higher and, um, that gold ring of success that you're constantly reaching towards. So I don't know the lesson, the takeaway in this to me, I guess is just back off, (laughs) let your kids follow all kinds of interests, right? Like they're always going to be different things popping up for different, different 
people, young and old, that are interesting at different times. And it doesn't always have to lead to some life-changing moment or some life-defining career or label that they'll carry with them forever. Yeah. Let them enjoy a music class or jump on the trampoline without (laughs) suggesting they go into the career of it. Uh, awesome thank you for listening this is another episode of out of line helping you consider what it feels like to step out of line it's time to become a member of playvolution hq and explorations early learning there's a free option and three paid patron level options all come with free stuff and ongoing automatic training and merch discounts for as little as a dollar a month you can become a patron that supports our work and you get premium stuff like early access to fresh podcast episodes go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash membership or click the link in this episode's description to learn more all the cool listeners are doing it This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.